Welcome to GOAC, the second podcast. We are here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Ken Ross from Primary Arms. How are you, Ken? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you coming on. So, Ken, go ahead and give us a little bit of backstory about you, Primary Arms, how you got in this industry. Oh, man. Well, I was born in Michigan. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started in the firearms industry around 10, 11 years ago. Uh, started out as an instructor, uh, realized that I didn't know what I was doing, and decided to dive into training and uh, take uh, a number of classes from a number of very talented individuals, got to know uh, know them very well, and decided this was the industry I needed to be in. I went to work for Athlon Outdoors magazine for a couple of years, uh, where I got to dive into the product really well. And I went to Florida to work for Century Arms, and Primary Arms made me an offer that I couldn't refuse, so I came over to work with that team, and I've been there ever since, and it is one of the most enjoyable jobs that I've had. Yeah, so Primary Arms, what do you guys do? You sell online, you've got optics, yeah. it's a whole it, bunch of businesses. There are a bunch of businesses there. We've got five different biz, uh, business units. Uh, we've got our optics, which is where the company started, uh, Marshall uh, Lerner started the company out of his barber shop. Uh, he he was challenged to come up with affordable optics on a forum, a forum that he's very active on right now. S to this day, I can't get him out of it. Uh, he, <laughs> he is um, he was challenged to come up with affordable optics, and he did that. And the company was started from there somewhere around thirteen to fifteen years ago. There's arguments in the office about how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, we branched into our dot com business. Dot com business is everything surrounding the firearms lifestyle. We're getting deeper into outdoors and survival. So anything you can think of surrounding the firearms lifestyle, you can find on our dot com site. Our government division services, military and first responders, that includes law enforcement, um, uh, ambulance, you know, uh, um, paramedics, whatever it may be. Uh, you sign up uh, for us. We've got a, a uh, first responder. We've got discounts for law enforcement. We've, you know, it's a very robust program. There are several programs that are up against it as well. Uh, and you really need to check it out if you're in that area that we're really growing there, really as much as people talk about law enforcement, you know, shut down the police and things, yeah, we've seen what happens when, when that happens. So let's support those parts of our government and those parts of our, our police officers. And we do that with primary arms government. And then we have our, um, uh, let's see, I'm missing something. Uh, let's see, Expo Arms. Yes, Expo Arms is our parts company, uh, AR parts, everything you could possibly want uh, to build out an AR and then we have said government, Explore Arms Wholesale. Uh, we do wholesale business as well. It's not, uh, we haven't really focused on it, but it is doing very well. Even when we're not paying attention to it, it's growing. So uh, we continue to grow. Primary Arms is, is expanding, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. And we're happy that you are a part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, Primary Arms has become a name synonymous with great optics and things like that. Um, being in the optics game, there's a lot of hate and things where it comes to optics and where they're made and things like that. You guys come out, come out with optics at affordable price. Mm -hmm. When it comes to coming out with new optics, what goes into that? Because this is a totally different game. We haven't talked about this yet. Well, our optics are engineered here in the United States, and then we we source them from several places. And yes, some of them are sourced from China. Yes, that's no secret; it's all over the internet, uh, Philippines. And but we're also working on a U.S.-made optic. We opened a new building in Houston, and we are planning to produce our own optics there that are U.S.-made. Um, yes, there are there are those feelings about imports. I get it. You know, I worked in the automotive industry for years. Uh, your Ford truck that you drive has more Mexican parts in it than you could, would believe. You know? And we don't make things here in the United States. We don't really produce things anymore here in the United States. So we get them from all over the world. It's called a global economy. You can say that you don't want anything from overseas, but you're going to be a very lonely person sitting out in a field eating cows that you raise on your own and chickens that you strangle out in your backyard. So... 
Uh, we are very proud of our product. We develop it here. We have it shipped in or, um, our, yeah, our engineering is done here and our inspection is done here. One of the things that people, a lot of people don't know about our product is every single box is opened. Every single box. We don't pick a number and say, okay, we're going to do every 150th box or something. We open every single box, inspect those optics, stamp them before we send them out to our customers. And it cost us a delay. We actually could get it and ship it out and fill orders right away. But that's not how we do things. Oh, and I apologize for doing that. That shows that you really care about your customers and the end users of your product. And by doing that and taking that extra step, you really sh show that the quality control at Primary Arms is some of the top in the nation. Yeah, and we feel that way also. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. So Texas has been um, kind of all over the news in, in a good way when it comes to firearms. And you guys have um, gotten constitutional carry very recently. Mm -hmm. You are continuing to push for freedom. Um, we were very pleased to have Texas join us in our pistol brace case. Mm -hmm. um, when you guys decide to to place a facility and, and you are going to manufacture something in, in Houston, which a lot of people would say is, you know, more of the, the blue territory in Texas, um, what kind of goes into picking locations um, in a, a state that is trending more positive for gun rights? Uh, we are, we are a gun, we are a gun culture at Primary Arms. That is who we are. Uh, there is, it's, it's really funny when you walk into the room, to the office, I can walk in the office and there are guns at the counter being checked in, uh, that are personal guns, you know, and we check it in because we have so many products going in and out of the building. They have to know what belongs to the building and what belongs to individuals. Uh, they are flagged and brought into the building, and I will, I will be honest, I probably see seven or eight personal guns coming into the building when I'm walking into the building in the morning. We have, um, we have the ability to conceal carry in the office, and those personal guns are usually sitting on desk as you walk through. So it's, it's, we are a gun culture, okay? We are gun people at Primary Arms. We hunt. We, we are outdoors people. We are, I'm on the range every Sunday. Uh, we take our, we spend our time. This is what we do. Yeah, so I don't know what the rest of the city is doing, but I know we are Primary Arms and we are gun people. That's awesome. And I think that's important to not run away from areas, whether it is, you know, Houston, which is traditionally a little um, and more anti-gun than other places in Texas, or whether it is, you know, states where your, your rights are being infringed on, you know, being a part of the community regardless of its political orientation means that you're spreading freedom in that community to whatever degree that you as an individual or a company can. Mm -hmm. Well, we also, I don't care about, and uh, primary arms doesn't care about red or blue. You know, if you support the second amendment, then you're on our team. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's not a, um, a political game for us. There's only one rule that we follow. We're second amendment. Yeah, absolutely. That's how we feel it too, as a, a political nonprofit, you know, we're bipartisan and mm -hmm. people get very upset mm -hmm. if we endorse someone that they feel like isn't quote unquote on our team, mm -hmm. um, despite you know, what their voting record might be. Well, and, and we've talked about this before, you know, not always the letter next to the name shows what their true, mm -hmm. you know, support of the second amendment is. And, you know, being gun people is a big thing. You know, we see, we hear a lot of talk of, of, organizations and, and companies not being gun people but putting out a product being gun people is and and coming up with products for gun people is what we need we need gun people supporting gun people and that just sounds really weird but that's what we need we need that kind of people who have experienced uh, an optic fail or experienced a magazine fail or that you know that really shows that when you go to develop a product, you know 
what needs to be changed or what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. If you're shooting, if you're out on the range, if you're experiencing malfunctions, if if you're living that lifestyle, you, you truly understand what needs to go into a product, which is what our guys do. Yeah. We are here at SHOT Show this week. Um, this episode's going to air a little later, but... We are here at Chacho, and you have launched new products this week. Go ahead and touch on your new product launch. All right. Well, we're here as Primary Arms Optics, and uh, we released a number of new products. Our flagship 1 to 8, uh, you may know it as the 1 to 8 Compact. Uh, it's very popular. It's one of our, it's our top of the line product, about $1,500 somewhere around there. Japanese glass, great housing, and everyone's. They looked at our one to six that had the Nova reticle in it, which is basically a red dot type optic. You know, it's got it's with fiber wire. You look through it and you go, wow. What they always say, why don't L or why are LPVOs very bright? You know, this is you need to turn it down. <laughs> That's how bright this one is, the one to six. So everybody's like, well, why don't you put that reticle in the compact? I was like, sure. So we did it. Our engineers got together. We've got a second focal plane optic. It is super high quality. It's one of the shortest and lightest in the business. So, and we like to say that we are uh, we are giving you quality at uh, a a reasonable price. We're coming in two to three hundred dollars cheaper than the uh, next competitive optic. Uh, Then we launched. We said, oh, since we're dropping. Nova's into things. Let's drop one into a one to ten. Everybody's clamoring for one to ten, so we released a one to one to ten and uh, dropped the Nova into that. So that's another optic we released. Uh, we go over to red dots. We've got two red dots that we dropped. It is they are you know it's just another red dot. Yeah, we've got two push button red dots coming out. Uh, user configurable ret- reticles in it, so you can turn on the dot, you can turn it off, you can get the horseshoe, you can get the ranging ladder in it. One in red, one in green, all up to you. One is solar. Uh, so if you want a solar backup, uh, you can uh, you can pick that one up as well. Uh, it is, uh, if the there's no sun, it's got a battery backup. So you won't lose power or you won't lose that picture, a sight picture. And then we released our GLX Microprism. Uh, the Microprism line has done very well for us uh, in the SLX line. Uh, we it's one of our top sellers. It is a compact micro dot, and you can it has eight different mounting options that come with it in the box. So you're getting a value there. You don't have to buy a optic and then go find a mounting option for it. It comes with eight different ones. You can drop it down to AK height, and you can raise it up as high as you want to in there. Uh, so we decided we'd release a GLX version of that, which is, if you know our brands, there's a PLX, a GLX, and a SLX. PLX being the highest, GLX being the next level. GLX Microprism is, how could we improve it? We decided to get rid of the illumination knob and make it push button. We moved the battery compartment up to the top, and so you don't have anything interfering with your uh, with your peripheral vision, you know, as you look around the optic, you can see all the way to your left, all the way to your right, because there's no knob sitting there. It's a slightly bigger optic, and one of the features of this is it gives you almost unlimited eye relief on this thing. I could literally set it on a table, walk five yards back, and still see the reticle on this thing. So it's almost red dot. And if you have an astigmatism, our our microprism line, our 1X microprism line, and our 3X microprism and our 5X microprism are, you don't see a, um, a plume like you do with a red dot. Sometimes you see a streak or a plume. Well, with a prism, it's a very crisp reticle. So that's what we dropped new. And last year we introduced our RS-15, and we didn't come out with it until this year. And don't ask me why that's <laughs> happened. I, it's a long story. <laughs> but uh, we came out with it this year, and it's the first pistol optic with our Vulcan reticle in it. For those who are not familiar with our Vulcan reticle, it is a 250 MOA circle and either a chevron or a dot in the middle. A 250 MOA circle will be out of the field of view if you're looking through the optic in a normal way. 
Uh, if you're on target, you won't see the circle. But what it does is if you're off target in any way, you'll start to see the edges of the circle and it'll guide you back into the middle. A lot of people are going, oh, yeah, if you're a rookie and you never shot a red dot, maybe that'll help you get used to shooting red dots. Sure, that's what it'll do. Yeah, everybody's a pro on the range on a sunny day when God is smiling upon you and the deer are walking across the field. Everybody's a pro red dot shooter. But when you bump into a wall or you're dragging your child along to trying to be safe and get to get them to safety or the dog trips you as you're walking through the doorway and you're trying to defend yourself, I guarantee you, you don't have your dot where you want it. And that 250 MOA circle brings you back into the center quickly. So that's one of our products that we're very proud of. You can only get it from Primary Arms. It is a great optic. Thank you. It's man. very awesome that you guys are doing that. Um one of my favorite videos from SHOT Show so far, and, and I hope this makes you laugh a little bit, is you at the airport going and picking up your luggage and spinning around and showing that beautiful primary arm optics ad at the airport. What sense of pride does that bring you to be walking in such a big airport as Vegas to see your advertisement right there? We've done that for three years now, and... Um it is knowing that everybody that comes to the show, and you know, there are millions of other people that pass through that airport as well, but they're not gun guys. They don't, they'll go, oh, what is that? I don't really get it. But knowing that every single person that comes to that show and goes and picks up their luggage, sees our ad, makes me smile in a big way. And our staff, I take those pictures, I do that video, I send it back to the staff, the designers who designed it, our static, you know, Marshall uh, Brent comes into the airport, Ozge, who is the VP, comes into the airport and they take these photos and uh, we hashtag and say, everybody share it. I think I've had 30 people tag me in it that have seen it. Uh, it is, it is I, I am overwhelmed uh, that I am in a company that supports that. And I am very happy that the Las Vegas airport lets us do it. Yeah, and it's most airports, and I've been all over this country, will not let you advertise anything firearms. And Las Vegas, um, even though the strip itself is not very pro 2A in the hotels, we've we've learned that this week a little bit from some some folks who've had some experience, but to, to have an airport like that sh advertise and show gun-related stuff is um, is very cool. Yeah, well, we're doing it as an optics company, so there's some trick. Yeah, if you pay real close attention, there very rarely shows much firearm mm -hmm. to it, uh, which was one of their rules. And yeah, like I'm a creative person, we figure out ways around <laughs> this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so anytime that you are developing a new product. Um, especially one, like you said, if, if something and you're in a situation where you have to defend yourself, you know, it, it, these are mission critical items. Um, what would be like the greatest or do you hear any stories of people who are like, you know, thanks to your optic and, and being able to train and be able to do these things? I was able to defend myself. Like what is the, the response back from people who use these in those critical situations? Uh, from time to time, we do hear those things. Um, it is a sense of pride from the com company knowing that we are protecting lives of people. Uh, that is, we're very happy to hear that. Um, and the people who are doing it obviously are very happy to be here to ha tell those stories. So, yeah, we, we take, do take a sense of pride in that. Uh, we're, like I said, we're very proud of what we do. I am not ashamed of my job. If somebody asks me what I do, I work at Primary Arms, you know, and it's implied in the name that it's like, oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so Kaylee brought up the defensive side. What about the hunting side? How many stories have you gotten from that side and that pride and joy on that? Well, we are... Um, there's a lot of hogs that have dropped from our office. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Texas, that's a glorious thing. You know, uh, uh, our hunting line, we released that maybe two and a half, three years ago. Uh, we are working, continuing to work on expanding that line. Uh, but right now, our optics are used in the, I would say, from Tennessee down, 
Uh, we uh, it is a lot of people don't understand that uh, people hunt with LPVOs and with AR-15s. Yeah, everybody goes, yeah, yeah, sure, that's just a story you guys talk about uh, AR-15s being used as a hunting rifle. But I guarantee you, if you start looking at that Mason-Dixon line and you drop down. AR-15s are being used as hunting rifles, uh, you know, in various calibers. It is, it is, it is, it is America's gun. Yeah, absolutely. I use it um, for predator hunting on our farm. Mm-hmm. Um, coyotes yeah. are a, are a very difficult thing to deal with when yeah. you have uh, livestock to protect. My uh, once Ohio changed the law when I, li- when I lived in Ohio. My first rifle for hunting was a 350 Legend AR-15 that I built. With facts and parts and yeah. primary arms optics on top of it, and went out and tried to go get a deer. Yeah, God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> right. Um. So, when people think gun people, mm-hmm. there's a stereotype, and you clearly do not fit that stereotype. I'm tall. Yeah, tall. But. I know this. It sometimes can be a touchy subject to touch on, but you are you've broken the mold, and you're in this industry. And there's a lot of other people of such diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. in this industry. Do you? What do you have to say to the people who stereotype this industry? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this on my way over here. Um, two protects the thirteenth for me. Uh, if you are someone who truly believes in our Constitution, there are certain amendments that are there that I hold very dearly, being, being who I am. If you can take away number two, yeah, you know, there's the first one and then there's number two. If you can take away the number two, 13 is in danger. I got a real problem with that. Yeah. I'm, that I hold that dear, near and dear to my heart. And a lot of my family members do also. So, uh, that is where I come from on that. You know, it, it, you start taking away amendments and rights in that Constitution, you start stepping on, uh, you start stepping on things that I'm not willing to give up. Yeah, and we've seen recently these big attacks on our rights. I mean, as primary arms, we'll focus on that side of the business. How much of your business was affected with the pistol brace ban? Uh, quite a bit of it, actually, pistol. Um, pistol braces where uh, we we had to do some some changing in how we did things and regulations across the country changing uh, our adjustments. I mean, our compliance department is very important to us right now because before we can even ship something out, we need to pay attention to where it's going and what type of laws uh, we're, we might be breaking as we enter uh, other states. Yeah, that's the biggest problem we're having right now and our industry is facing right now uh, is states changing laws and doing it so quickly and rapidly that we need to adjust and uh, change the way that we ship or the way that we service our customers. Um, One of the things that we're criticized for from time to time, and everyone in this industry is criticized, not just our company, but when you have uh, a state change their rules and I'm not allowed as a company to ship product into uh, into that state, uh, we immediately get emails and that we're not Second Amendment supporters and we're not this and that. Um, I, I completely disagree with that. We are Second Amendment, okay? And if we stop ship, if we start just dropping in, you know, helicoptering in uh, products that shouldn't be in a certain state, we won't be here to continue to service anyone. Yeah. I think that's uh, so important for everyone to realize and, and part of the reason why this podcast exists is I think the industry can be blamed often for um, the the sins of state and federal governments. Um, we've mentioned where people see a gun that's over in Europe and they're like, when are you bringing this here? You know, why, why isn't this here right now? Like that instant gratification and, and the companies are like, because we can't bring it here. Like it, it's not possible. And the same thing goes with what's happening with states not allowing um, certain items to to be shipped. And it's not, you shouldn't be blaming the company. You should be voting people out of office who are stopping the company from being able to exist in that sphere. And I can't say that, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it wasn't too long ago 
and this is when I was working in ammo, we we could ship directly to the doors in New York. And then New York overnight said, you can't ship to the Buffalo. You can't ship to the five bureaus. You can't ship to this place. You can't ship to that place. You got to ship to an FFL. Then you didn't have to ship it to an FFL. And then they changed their mind again. It, again, these regulations by these states are so ridiculous that they're hampering the business and is attacking, like I've said previously, it's the attack at the dinner table. By taking away one state, you might say, well, there goes a big uh, a segment of my customers, mm-hmm. and I could try to make it up somewhere else. Um, sometimes you can't make it up somewhere else. Even though we have 30 million new gun owners, it can be hard to bring them in as a business between ad spends and ad dollars and SEO and all that stuff. You know, they're really attacking you, and as a company, you can't, change that unless you know you support organizations like ourselves Mm -hmm. that go after those states and fight and that's very important that we join together as an industry and an organization to fight these unconstitutional laws yeah well part of that and this isn't from a company standpoint Mm -hmm. this is just my viewpoint uh for my bosses who might hear this (laughs) (laughs) Part of why they're able to do that is because we've changed the culture of the United States. It's slowly starting to change. Um, I remember, and I'm a little older, but when I was in high school, we would go to school and we would have, uh, during hunting season in Michigan where I grew up, the rifles would be in the cars. Uh, They would be in the windows, in the locked, uh, in their uh, back of their windows in their pickup trucks and things. And we were granted days off you know you didn't get absences for going hunting Uh, it was okay to own a gun and it was okay to hunt and it was accepted you know it was just what you did you know Uh, as a man and as a family you you brought home a deer or a rabbit or a bird and uh, you provided for your family and it wasn't a violent thing it was just providing food and sustenance for your family it was expected that's what men do that's what hunters do uh, and now we're to the point in our society where uh, you get your food from the grocery store and hunting is violent and uh, unnatural. And in fact, being a man is violent and unnatural. Uh, you know, you don't open the car door for women anymore. You don't um, you don't take your hat off when you walk into a building. Gentlemen are not there anymore. Not knowing, knowing how to be a gentleman, we're beating that out of our community and out of our lives. Those are the things we need to bring back. And if we want guns back in, in our back where they need to be, if we want hunting back, it needs to start younger. You know, we, we're fighting it from the wrong place. We need to do hunter education. I was in schools when I was young. There was the things that you had to do. Uh, you got your fishing license. You went to hunter education in class. And you got your driver's license. All three things are in danger now. People don't even drive anymore. Yeah, there's there's no room for anything like that in our education system. Art, music, anything that really makes a well-rounded person is being beat out of our school system. So if we really want to change this in the New Yorks and the Californias and the Washingtons, we need to start raising people from a young age to appreciate how to be a human being again, how to, how, to be, how to survive, how to be a man, how to be a woman, how to, how to be a person in this society again, and stop letting it be dictated by television and game show and uh, reality TV. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And more to this point, you know, that's a fight that GOA has, has fought diligently with keeping hunter education in schools. Um, you know, this administration in, in 2023 um, where it was going to remove all funding for that and completely remove what is, for many people, the on-ramp to the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. The hunting community has always been a vital aspect uh, of the Second Amendment. Now, before everyone runs to the comment section, no, the Second Amendment isn't about hunting but hunters should be about the Second Amendment, and we should celebrate hunting in the United States because we have to have an on-ramp for people, whether that is personal safety, whether that is shooting for fun, or whether that's hunting. Everyone's a novice and doesn't know anything until they start 
And you have to have a place for them to start that process. Yes, ma'am. Well, I've got, I'm going to pose this question to the both of you and I can go, go ahead and take it first. How do we get the youth back into the shooting sports? How do we bring that back? And I know there's, we, we talked about Hunter education school, but how do we bring that back? And I, I don't, Add to this point, you know, just like you, my father, and I'm sorry I'm making you sound old, uh, my father, okay. same okay. thing, used to ride the bus with his 22 rifle to go to school, in, and this is Buffalo, New York, my adju, go to school to put his rifle in his locker to then take that said rifle out and go to the shooting team and do shooting practice after school. And we've taken the shooting sports out of school. I mean, there are schools removing archery programs from them you know how do we get the youth back into it and i the answer unfortunately i know we are seeing a wave of young uh, younger kids getting into the second amendment through hunt or through video games but the answer cannot be video games i, I agree the answer cannot be video games um, the portrayal of firearms in video games um, I can understand why someone might want to get rid of guns after looking at the way that firearms are portrayed in video games. Yeah, it's entertainment. I get it, but a, a five-year-old doesn't understand it. Yeah, so that I can see where that comes from. But um, that come getting it back into school systems comes from parents. Uh, that's one of the things that um, has started all of this. We became um, two-parent working homes. And we let TV raise our children and we stopped going to school to check up on our kids and we started letting the school systems raise our children and we started letting the, letting the um, school system dictate what our children learned. Uh, I remember very clearly my parents being at the school when anything happened. When we had parent-teacher conferences, both of my parents were sitting there. You know, even after divorce, both of my parents were sitting there. You know, and they made sure that the Board of Education had the members on it that they wanted on there. Now, so we need to make sure that those Boards of Education uh, reflect our beliefs, you know, and those, those small elections mean a lot. You know, and we've just started to ignore them. We've let these, um, these, the public schools become uh, the, whatever one or two people dictate that they should be. So it starts with the parents taking ownership of that and building school systems that reflect their beliefs. No, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, to add on to your point, I think that the school systems have really changed since standardized testing. We're teaching a curriculum, and, and the I would say even as far back as No Child Left Behind, I understand why that came into effect. But at the same time, we're, we are teaching our children how to take tests. You know, it, some of the things that I wish I learned when I was in school would be how to do my taxes and how to balance a checking checkbook and how to make sure bank accounts and how to do this. And all I learned was what the powerhouse of a cell was. Mm. And I bet you everybody who's watching this is giggling because they all know that the mitochondriac is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> but it's funny. We're taking, like you said, we're taking out the arts and we're taking out music and we're taking out home ec, you know, uh, and, and I don't want to say take this away, but, you know, we've added in the STEM programs, which I really do applaud because I did take the STEM programs in high school and I learned a lot. I learned how to use CAD and things like that. And I think that's why I'm in this industry because I like doing cool things like that. But I feel like by teaching the kids just to take a test because we have to pass this standardized test so we get our funding is wrong. We should be teaching them how to thrive in life. We should be bringing the trades back. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've seen this drop in trades. There's good money to be made in the trades. There's good money to be made in machinists. I mean, I know, you know, companies now are having incredible trouble finding guys just to operate the CNC machines. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to add to that. So, and this is definitely breaking the mold of our traditional podcast, but I think this is the, the unspoken part of, of this conversation is when you allow 
the curriculum to be based on a test, when you allow for the the school boards and the curriculum to be set by someone that is not the the family and, and does not represent um, the values, what you find is that you, they're not being taught to think because thinking is to challenge the system. Thinking is to go, well, wait, hold on. Um, you know, we talk, talked about the, the 13th amendment, the second amendment, the first amendment. These are, these are natural rights. These are, these are God given rights, whatever version of that you want to use. So, so why would I accept these infringements? And if you start asking the question of why, well, that is a a threat to the entire power structure that they have established. And, and I think that's, um, that goes to, to your point of how do we get people into the Second Amendment community younger? How do we get people educated and involved is you have to teach them and educate them on how to think and think critically. Well said. Yes, absolutely. I got goosebumps. Yeah, I'm clapping right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. Oh, there is nothing to vote for me for. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, um, if if I run for office, um, the world has ended, and you should give up now. <laughs> okay. All right. Zombie um, apocalypse. I vote for you as queen of the zombie. Wow. Apocalypse. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So, I mean, yeah, but it, this does make break the norm of what we normally talk about on this podcast. But it's something that we need to talk about because even though. It doesn't sound like we're talking about the Second Amendment. Education about the Second Amendment has been removed. Education about our rights. Education, I mean, and I I know most of our crowd is in, in the older audience or in the that middle ground of audience between that's, that. That's my guys. But how many how many people heard Ken say the Thirteenth Amendment and were like, "Well, I know the first three, or I know the mm-hmm. first two. Because we don't learn about the amendments. We don't learn our constitutional rights. And that's a huge issue that we've got going on. How many people know about the Fourth Amendment? How many people know? I hope everybody knows about the Fifth. Because, I mean, it's said all the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's so many things out there that we're not educating on anymore. And I know this is my my soapbox stand, and I'm taking Kaylee's soapbox away from her, but which is a running joke. <laughs> um, but it, that's the thing: if we're not educating and we're taking out these programs and things like that, I mean, just a few years ago, uh, I, I I teach youth riflery programs in the, on on the side, and I've done it for almost ten years now where I go into a camp and teach youth riflery and teach that, that way of learning gun safety, the number of camps that just stopped calling saying that we removed our program, that our insurance won't allow it anymore, that our parents were too scared to send their kids here because there was a youth riflery program. You know, that's right there is just taking away. And there's organizations out there who have historically had a youth rifle program, had to get rid of their program because it was no longer making any money and they were getting rid of it without the support for youth shooting sports and things like that. And there's always, there's this stigma. I mean, we just saw it. The Gundy's was a Monday and I'm going to date because it's pre-recorded. The Gundy's were Monday and there was a young lady who was nominated for a Gundy and was called out for being nominated because she is a young lady shooting why is it such this big stigma around our youth shooting and learning about the the shooting sports well and if we're teaching them at a young age um, hunting teaches value of life yeah it, it 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 makes you understand what it i mean let's just be honest when you watch something stop breathing you know why 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 did that happen yeah well it gave us life so that we could feed our family. Yeah. And you, you don't just take that lightly. You know, you don't just go out and shoot this and you shoot that. And if we taught that more, you know, if that was at a younger age, we wouldn't have a lot of these tragedies that we have. Yeah. I mean, 
I grew up hunting. Kaylee, you grew up hunting. Kim, you grew up hunting. You get a respect for life. You get a respect for the animal. You know that this is given its life to feed you, like mm-hmm. you said. And that's a really big thing that I, most people think of us as bloodthirsty, crazy people. And we're, we may be crazy people, but we're not bloodthirsty. Well, and somebody's killing me. I mean, let's be honest. When you go to the grocery store and you see a freezer full of chickens, somebody killed them. Mm-hmm. And you're still going home and you're eating them. I mean, so you are able to disconnect from there and say, oh, well, I guarantee you the chickens, the way they were killed before they were put in that freezer, is a lot more violent and a lot more inhumane than the way that we kill animals and how that animal was raised. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, listen, I have a homestead, so I could get on the soapbox yeah. for mm-hmm. 500 oh, years, soapbox. right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, a deer in the wild is a deer, and he has lived his life and, and, um, and has had the opportunity to, to be full in his dearness, mm-hmm. right? For lack of a better term. You know, a, a chicken in a in a house full of thousands of chickens with less than a sheet of paper to move around has not been a the chickenness of a chicken, right? Like yeah. it it's been a commercialized product, and um, so to to say that hunting is somehow evil, um, it is it has always baffled me because you know that that animal had a really bad couple of seconds. It, it didn't have a really bad life. Right, right. Yeah, and when you think about, I mean, even free-range chickens that you, free-range eggs that you buy from the grocery store, um, that is the biggest myth on the planet. I refuse to buy free-range eggs because basically they put them in a room the size that we're in. There are hundreds of them there, and somebody, that's their range. And somebody walks in and picks the eggs up out of excrement and push chickens around. And that's their free range. So come on, you can't tell me that's humane in any way. Listen, everybody likes sausage, but nobody likes to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I love sausage. And I don't mind knowing how it's made. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody who's made their own sausage knows how it's made and it tastes better when you make it. Yes, it does. Yes, Yes, it does. And just for everyone listening in the podcast, my chickens are very happy. Um. (laughs) Well, she, not only are the chickens happy, but your Roman geese. Roman geese, the goats, the sheep, the the whole, the whole thing. They're very happy animals. You were voted queen of the farm. Yeah. (laughs) You you now you I, my husband is gonna be so mad after this podcast because I'm gonna have just this inflated ego. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like, you listen. Know, <laughs> we joked that we were going to bring you a crown for Shot Show, and it didn't. You know that we I did bring you a soapbox, but I left it in the room <laughs> for our meet and greet. Um, uh-huh. Which is a running joke. She gets on. She says she gets on her soapbox all the time, and it's just a I running do. joke I every love episode. This. Like, it, it, but but. I, I don't apologize for getting on my soapbox. No, like I, don't be. I love the Second Amendment. Mm. Uh, I think we all love it. It's, it's worth building a soapbox for. I mean, we're all here because we love the <laughs> Do Second Amendment. Build soapboxes? No, but I could. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm crafty. I, yeah, I could, so she's I could. queen of craft. Oh. See, <laughs> the funny part is before before I left for Shot Show, I looked up soapboxes to get one for her, and. Uh, you know, finding a soapbox is really hard right now. Mm-hmm. It's literally a small little box about this big that you put soap in for your shower. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up finding a wooden ammo crate. I'm like, here's your soapbox. <laughs> I like and, I, and I sent a picture, too. I was like, I we were talking about it the one I sent a picture to him. I'm like, I found your soapbox for SHOT Show. Um, Honestly, it'd be great because my feet rarely touch the floor when we're regularly <laughs> filming. <laughs> so. Oh, man. No, but, you know, if it wasn't for our love of the Second Amendment, we wouldn't be here talking. We wouldn't be in Las Vegas right now at at SHOT Show, walking the show floor. I mean, the acres of freedom ringing uh, from the gun companies and and everybody here is happy to be here. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's freedom. um, I'll say that um, you mentioned... 
coming from a different background, a different culture, going to SHOT Show, uh, meeting people, so we go back. You know, yeah. We've met each other a few years ago, and I like to think that we are tight. Yes, yeah. we are. And that is what SHOT Show is. Yeah. I don't know your mom. I don't know your family. I know you, and I know that I genuinely am happy when I see you. And uh, that that's how I am when I come to SHOT Show. I see people that... I am genuinely happy to hang out with. And yes, we are in the gun industry. And yes, I carry a gun every day. But that's not what it's about. You know, it's about finding like-minded people, good people, keep people who see things the way that you see them. And that doesn't mean that these are people, Bubba's who are running around shooting everything they can see. No, that means people who value their lives, who value their family, who value their friends. That's who SHOT Show is. You know, it's not... It's not Bubba's on the back of pickup trucks driving around shooting into the air. That's not what this is. I wouldn't be in that world. No, and I, I appreciate you saying that, and that's very well said. Um, you know, that's the best part about this industry and this community. A lot of people, and, I, and I've said this before, but a lot of people look at the firearms industry from the outside looking in, and they talk about how big it is. It may be big, but it's small, and we're tight-knit. Uh Kaylee has been making fun of me all week. I have turned every corner and said to hi to somebody. She goes, you know so many people. I'm like, I have not made fun of well, you once. Not one time. Uh, for I want the record to show that that is a lie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, I've been doing a shot show for about three, four years. I can't remember now. It's been so long. And I've been in this industry for about 10. And... Most of the beginning of it was on the sales side, and then I got on the marketing side. And getting to the marketing side, I have made so many friends. And even on the sales side, I've made so many friends from from gun shops to um, to influencers and content creators and other manufacturers. And a lot of people go to us. Unlike most industries, you look at the oil industry, you look at the car industry. Ford is never going to work with Chevy. But Glock is going to work with primary arms mm -hmm. or or SIG is going to work with primary arms or anybody's going to work with somebody else. We, though we sell competing products, we are here to co-market. We're here to co-brand. You may see a primary arms optic with a Rainier firearm on a, with a RD suppressor and a, KCI mag and plug all our sponsors here into this little comment box. But that's the best part about this industry, which makes it unlike any other. We know that we're being infringed on and to beat the algorithm for the meta and all these other social media platforms. We have to co-brand and co-market and join together with one voice in the, for the, to restore the second amendment to what it was intended for by the founding fathers with those 27 words. Well said. Thank you. I think that's you my... You borrow somebody's soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, that was my best said thing of all the podcasts. Yeah. But um, No, and that's the, the funny part. Like, it, it's, it's crazy to think that you meet somebody one time, and I, I think I'm a good judge of character, but you've met somebody one time, and you and I hung out for a full week one year. Um, but I've met – I played basketball the one year at SHOT Show with Black Rambo. And every year since, he stopped me and said, how are you? How you doing? Good to see you. You know, hey, you want to come play again? And if my wife is watching this, I'm not playing basketball right now. I'm recording a podcast, so don't make fun of me. <laughs> One time you hurt yourself playing basketball, you're not allowed to play ever again. But that's you the did thing. fracture like I fractured your... my tibia. No, okay. That answers the question. I was gonna do you have game? Nobody no, will know. No, 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 no. <laughs> but even going to the two A shootout, which uh is held at Shot Show, uh and playing in that game just it's it's crazy to think that I played basketball with Black Rambo and Colleen Noir and all these guys. But the diversity and the community built there, and I am the whitest of white guys, 
and I can jump slightly. It's maybe about three inches off the ground, but that counts. It, it, it counts. It counts as a jump. But and I'm the comment section has told me I'm not very athletic looking, so that's fine with me. But <laughs> there neither is Luca, but he's he, he's a beast. He's a beast. <laughs> but uh, just the community built from there. I've run into guys that I played and with in that game. And we played one game of basketball together at SHOT Show, and they've stopped me today and other shows and go, hey, how are you doing? I played with uh, Dave, uh, 22 Plinkster, at, at, at another show, and he's every now, time now he stops me. He says, how are you doing? Good to see you. You know, that's what it means to be a community. Even though we may not know each other, it's... I know you because I did this with you, or I saw you at a range day, or I know this and talked to you, or I spent five minutes of talking to uh, Ken uh, at one year, and I go, hey, Ken, I got this cigar recommendation for you, and we're going to go smoke cigars after at the you know, Circle Bar one mm-hmm. night. So that's the cool thing about this community, that we also are tight-knit, and we remember the smallest, minute details, but that makes us friends. We may not see each other for six, seven months. Right, right. But when we see each other, it's, hey, how are you? How you been? How's the family? Let's go grab a cigar. Let's go hang out. And it starts all over again. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Any social media? Well, all the things. We are on all the social media. Uh, we've got our government division, our optics division, and our dot-com division are all on social media. Do a primary arm search. Uh, the dot-com is red logo. The optics is an orange logo. Government is a blue logo. Find us, follow us, you know, and uh, pay attention to what we're doing there. Social media has become a big outlet for us. You get to see what we're talking about. Uh, you can fi- you can purchase all of our products on primaryarms.com. Go there and check us out. We're happy to. We've got one of the best customer service businesses in the industry. If you have any issues, reach out to us. Our optics come with a lifetime warranty, and I do mean lifetime. I've seen some abused optics that we've gotten back, and you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're we're very. Uh, again, we are a two-way company, and I'm really happy that you guys invited me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for having me, and always, if you need me back, I'm here. I would love to have you we back. We would love no, to right. have you back. Okay. And as always, brother, I appreciate your friendship. The same, brother. It's same. it's great to see you, as always, that bright, shining, smiling face. I can see that smile from across the room. And uh, it's funny because Sunday I was here helping somebody out, and I saw you from across the room, ran up, and it was like we haven't missed a beat, my there friend. There you go, man. There you so, go. Guys, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the little bell for notification. Leave a five-star review on all podcasting apps, and have a great rest of your day.